Hey, I'm Jimmy Park, and this is another episode of Paint View, where I paint and interview lots of interesting people and uh, a lot of queer creatives, one of which we have today, who is the um, really incredible photographer and makeup artist and multimedia artist, Brian Vu, uh, from New York, and really excited to talk to them because I've been following their work for a long time, and it's like stunningly beautiful. If you haven't seen it, I've posted on my stories, or go to Brian Vu, V-U, uh, quickly now and you can like have a look and they've worked with a lot of really uh, interesting other queer artists including Laurel Charleston who was the makeup artist that was on Paint of You quite recently so we're getting a little full circle moment here which is quite fun um, so Brian will be joining us in a second and I have the painting set up here ready to go more or less <laughs> and I'm looking forward to talking to them and uh, getting some good, good energy to feed into this canvas. And if anyone has any questions along the way, make sure uh, put them in the comments and Brian will be looking out for them because I always tend to miss them. But, um, well, I'm going to... Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing well. I'm, uh, give me a second. I need to prop this up correctly. Hi. You good? Hey. How are you? Nice to see you. I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Good. It's nice to meet you finally, David. Yeah, you also. I like... It's funny because it's not quite in person, but I feel like it's as close as in person as we can be <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Where are you located? Right now I'm in England, which is where I'm originally from. So I'm in the countryside on the border of Wales, which has been nice, uh, just hiding out. Yeah, but um, I was in uh, Los Angeles for quite a while, um, but I just moved away from there. Yeah. And uh, you're in New York, right? Yes, I'm in New York, and I'm actually from um, Orange County, California, which is south ah. of L.A. I don't know if you were there on your trip, but it's like, yeah, that's where I grew up. <laughs> ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I have friends that live in the O.C. I don't think I ever actually went there because I was right by downtown L.A. So, like, with traffic, it's a decent, a decent drive to get down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like a big reason why I moved. It's like I'm tired of sitting in a car just to get to people. <laughs> so how long have you been in New York for? Oh, um, it's been eight years. It's been a long time. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because I think your your aesthetic actually, now that I think of it, it does kind of have some California vibe to it with the like orange sunsets in the background. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I, cool. I definitely feel that it's... Yeah, I bring a lot of like my background in California and I used to spend a lot of time at the beach, like at the beach or in the woods, just a lot of time in nature. And yeah, I bring that into my work today. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I'd love to talk to that in a bit. But um, to start with, I want to give I want to give you a chance to like, introduce yourself fully in your own words and to people that might not have seen um, your work before. And and then we can go on to talk a bit more about it in depth. Yeah, for sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Brian Vu. I'm a photographer and sometimes director and aspiring makeup artist. 
living in New York City. I just turned 30 years old and Congrats, um, <laughs> thank you. And um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a queer artist. I work with a lot of queer people. Um, and I've been making the type of work that I make for about three years now. Um, yeah. Nice. Short so, and short. No, it's great. Short <laughs> and sweet. And, um, yeah, because I'm curious, because I've been describing you as a photographer, because when I look at your work, it's like, it's very obviously like set up and you, it seems that you direct a lot of it yourself. So it kind of seemed to be the word that most fully encapsulates like makeup and digital and photography. But, but it seems that you kind of do a bit of everything. Um, yeah. How does that all like fit together? How does what? So how, like, how does it all fit together? Like, are you always kind of doing it yourself? Or are you collaborating with people a lot of the time? Or? Um, yeah, I guess with my fascination with trying a lot of different types of art forms, like I know that I'll always be really good at photography, but I do want to dip into other like realms of like creativity. Mm. Um, so like I try to bring in elements of like all different types of art forms as much as I can. And, um, at, and that also helps me to like figure out project by project um, who to collaborate with and what mm. type of artist I want to make based on like the bigger picture. So, yeah. Um, so which one did you start? Very... What? So where did you start when, when you were first going into creativity? Um, what kind of medium would you like begin with? So when I was really young, I would just like never play sports and just focus on drawing. <laughs> I would just draw like my favorite video game characters or like by like how to draw anime books and kind of start from there. Um, and then when I went to high school and graduated, I uh, had the decision of choosing between business school or art school. And so I, ch I like um, worked really hard to get a scholarship to an art school. And I studied graphic design at the time, which I thought was like the most, um, you know, it was like the, the creative uh, career choice that would make like the most money to me at the time, mm. um, which was like, in retrospect, it was a terrible idea because I wasn't super good at it. But I did <laughs> learn a lot. I did learn a lot of like, um, about like negative space, shapes, form, color, everything that I needed to take into my photography work. Um, so in that sense, I didn't have like a traditional photography background but when I moved to New York I kind of stopped doing graphic design and then just picked up the camera and started shooting mm. and that and you said so you moved to New York eight years ago I'm going to photography quite quickly but you said the kind of work you're doing now has been like three years so was there like a big exploration of other kinds of work before you got to where you're currently at yeah um my work has changed a lot throughout the years i used to be extremely introverted and only shoot like either self-portrait or um still lifes and i guess like as i wanted to be more a part of like the queer community in new york city i just started asking people to sit in for portrait shoots and then 
I realized that I was photographing these like very um, incredible people who presented themselves in a very um, new and profound way to me that I had never seen before anywhere else. And so mm -hmm. that kind of like led on to me um, photographing the work that I do today. Mm. That's so interesting that it kind of, it started as a way to be more sociable and to connect with community as opposed yeah. to necessarily being like, I'm so fascinated with faces, I need to photograph them. It's yeah. kind of a different way around it. I, I recently, I mean, I use art as a way of kind of like what I aspire to be or what I want to see in the world. So I, yeah, I create that for myself on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah, that's like my way of um, just moving. I can definitely relate to that because like, that's one of the main reasons that I started this series was because like as a painter, especially, you're very, you get used to being very isolated and you're in your studio alone. And, and um, a lot of the projects I've been doing, like murals included, have all been about trying to take something that can be very isolating and make it a more connected community experience. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like, like with painting, there's still ultimately you're still like here alone doing it, no matter how much you try and bring others into it. Whereas that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about with your work is that it seems that collaboration is really rooted in at least the portraiture side of it because the subject is there. And I also noticed with some of the people that I'm more familiar with, like Laurel, is that they might do like their own makeup instead of you like completely deciding what they're going to do. But I wasn't sure how that, how that collaboration played out, like whether you had an idea and you're essentially taking a model or whether you kind of form the idea around the person. Um, it changes every shoot. At times, like if I'm working with, for instance, Laurel, who is just so incredibly talented and a visionary, I just let them do their own thing and just photograph them as is, however they want to be presented. But if I have like my own idea, I'll make it happen with the right model, the right makeup artist, the right hair. Um, so it just really depends on the shoot and what we want to create. But I do a little bit of both. It's not every shoot is kind of the most collaborative, but some are extremely like hands-on. Um, mm. Sometimes a model like Laurel or like this model I shot, Vile Sanchez, um, they, they just show up in their full look into like my uh, New York apartment in Queens and we just shoot it for like 15 minutes and then it's done. <laughs> but at times there will be shoots uh where we get ready in my apartment and it'll be like eight hours so it's like it could be either or you know yeah there's just it made me laugh the idea of that because it's like so often makeup takes so long to do like like yeah <laughs> you know so i imagine them showing up and it already being done it's like oh <laughs> <It's> great <laughs> Yeah, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn to be more patient with makeup because I just like want to like rush things to get to the end point because I just mm. want to see the vision come together. So I don't know. <laughs> makeup is yeah. like, very cool. I think about that with like it's because I think like you said, you have these visions and these concepts, and 
sometimes when I come up with one, it's like the, the interesting part for me was the concept. So then if I need to paint it, it sometimes can feel a bit like, oh, like I've done the interesting bit now, the concept is done. Now I just want it to be realized. So needing to take 10, 20 hours to paint it, it feels a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending totally. on which one it is. So I think about like how there's so many mediums to convert your idea into. And I wonder why, like why people choose the ones that they do. Like, why am I a painter? Why are you like primarily doing photography? And do you think like speed of like execution comes into it? Oh yeah, completely. I am very like uh, impatient. <laughs> so I think that's why I work so fast and so much because I like just need to like constantly be creating a lot of different things at once. Um, which is not always necessarily the right way. Like I've been burnt out like last year doing this for like two years, you know, but mm. I, um, I, I just need to like constantly be managing different product projects. Sorry. At the same time. Why, why is that? Cause you kind of just have new ideas coming all the time or how, what yeah, was that? Definitely. I feel like I always constantly have ideas in my head and if I don't execute them, then it drives me crazy. So I have to do it like as soon as possible. <laughs> I was going to ask, what does it feel like if you don't do the idea? Does it just keep like nagging? At yeah, you? it's like a carousel that's just like spinning with like the terrifying music <laughs> at all times. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i try to maybe maybe you could do a shoot of a terrifying carousel of ideas and then that'll like close the circle will you help me out with that can you help me find the right carousel <laughs> wow you're painting really fast oh. well i can't I wait to see what you create I'm also quite impatient um, and like, <laughs> I think about, so recently I've gotten into writing and I, I read some book, like novels where people say in the, in the description that they took 10 years to write it. And just the idea of working on a single project for 10 years just like blows my mind. And I've been trying, I've been even just like trying to think about working on one thing for that long, I can't imagine it. Yeah, like people in film where they have to wait like a year for a project to come out or something. <sighs> it's like, like a different process of making but But I guess as I say that, if you see, like you said the last three years you've been doing the particular kind of work you are doing. So if we were to compare it, it's like the last three years you've been writing a novel of this type of portraiture. So you could yeah. kind of like each photo could be a different page. So in some ways, I guess, even though you have new ideas and you want to create them fast, you're still working within a series almost or within like a set of series. Yeah, um, I think the overall umbrella of the work is that I want to photograph queer people of all types in New York City, focusing on POC mostly. And mm. um, so that can just be like a very big variety of different types of photographs that I can create because I do bring like a fantastical element to the work that I make as well. So there's like a lot of different references and a lot of different um, just ideas and stories that I could tell. 
with mm. everybody I work with. So it's just Can like, I feel like, through? sorry, what? I, I was going to ask if you could walk me through some of the, some of your references and where you kind of draw your different visuals and like concepts from. Yeah. Um, so my early, when I first started the project, I referenced a lot of Renaissance paintings. Um, but I didn't see like people of color or queer people in them, obviously. Mm. So I wanted to recreate that for today. And um, just like put queer people in that, just like that place of like being powerful and beauty, beautiful and feeling themselves and just like put, um, kind of showing them in a very like positive light which I didn't really see in media or in film or everything was kind of depressing when it came to like the queer identity. So I just wanted to reverse that. Mm. Um, and also, I feel like also with a lot of queer photography and queer art, there's like a sexual element to it that I also wanted to kind of revert from because I feel like not everyone is constantly like that. And I don't mm. think everyone needs to see that. So I just wanted to like, yeah, do my own thing with it and just try to show queer people in a really like beautiful way. Mm. Yeah, and it definitely does. I like, I haven't, one of the things that really drew me to your work is that I haven't, I think it has such a unique like style and aesthetic to it that really like really suits the queer community that I connect with, like it really is a reflection of that. And and I I hear what you're saying about the kind of a certain aesthetic that like queer art often has. And one thing that I've actively tried to not do myself is that there's a lot of like male queer art is very often like big, muscular, probably white bodies. Yeah. And that's and I understand like what role that played in history and what role that plays for certain people, but that's something that's just I've never wanted to do myself. And I think um I it's nice to see as you described it yourself, like a different that you're representing queer bodies and queer sexuality or like queer identity in, in a different way that definitely resonates with me much more so than those other versions I've seen. So Yeah, for sure. I mean th that type of art is valid um i just feel like there's so much of it and there needs to be other types of queer art um mm -hmm. so yeah that's yeah i i totally agree with that and i think that I definitely see the Renaissance element in some of them with the kind of draped fabric. And mm -hmm. even you said earlier that you do, that you did still life before portraiture. And that makes it like I was thinking that and it looks like those classic still life paintings. And a, a lot of them, even when you don't have the figure, it, it looks set up that way. And then some seem to draw like maybe from tarot. I saw a few like that. And, uh, what are your other kind of inspirations drawing from? Um, so tarot was one of them. That was like a major shoot I did with my manager slash collaborator. And he's been very involved lately too. Um, what other types of 
creative inspiration. I take a lot of inspiration from video games nowadays. Um, Back to like when you were drawing the video game characters. Yeah, so I, I just think they're so cool and they're so powerful and they all, they all have stories within themselves, so. What are your big video games at the moment? Um, right now, I mainly play League of Legends, which is like a RPG kind of map-based games with like a team of five versus another team of five, and they all have their different roles. It's like a it's like a team game, so mm. based on like like over a hundred characters or something. It's really cool. <laughs> and then I played yeah. Overwatch before that, which is like a Blizzard shooter. And yeah, I, I just really love the characters that they develop. And I feel like that's been taking a huge inspiration. Like it's been taking a huge part of my work. It's like creating stories and characters and even like um, implementing 3D and makeup to like help create these otherworldly characters that you wouldn't normally see on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, it makes sense because I, I think like I think of all art as like as storytelling and communication. I think video games is one of the things that really stands out, especially the RPG fantasy video games where like character and story is such a crucial part. And I even I read a book recently um by this author called Aaron Morganston um called The Starless Sea and that was all about the relationship between like novels and classic storytelling with video games and trying to like elevate how we culturally perceive video games to actually be like they are like these open-ended novels like a choose your own adventure novel that you're playing and I feel like sometimes culturally people like still think of video games as being like you know like not an art form per se. Oh, you, you said that people don't see it as an art form? I mean, I don't know. That's the, that's the, like, that's the vibe that I get from, like, common culturally. I'm not saying that yeah. myself. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm not really tapped into video game culture so much, so maybe that's shifted. I'm kind of just drawing from what I, like, how perceive other people talk about it. Yeah. Um... What I see in video games is that it's an experience, just like any type of art form. It's like you're experiencing something even like, and there's just so much creative elements to it, you know? So I don't see why it wouldn't be an art form. I don't see it as being like maybe fine art, but um, it, it, it does click with people and people do take interest in the characters and the artwork and the stories. So I think that's all valid, just, um, yeah. Maybe it's still like the older generation, I'm still like reacting to this idea that video games is something that people do like to relax and that like, you know, your parents would tell you like, oh, stop playing video games. You need to go and like do whatever. And it's like, my, I don't feel like a parent ever tells you to stop painting or to stop doing something, you know, like that. So I yeah, guess it's totally. like that. <laughs> yeah um yeah i just love them i think they're like they're also very relaxing or they could be stressful <laughs> whichever games you're into but i think um as far as like creativity goes that's like 
one place where I feel like creators are like able to just like go full force into whatever they want um, to create because yeah, I feel like film is film is not so much. It's more commercialized. Mm. And the way that like they present characters. Um, but in video games, I feel like there's more like the way to just be weirder, you know? Yeah, the like the customization of and like I guess the player like involvement in it, like you like in a lot of games, being able to create whatever character you want to look like or to make those choices about what you're doing instead of it's like much more of an active role, isn't it, than say watching a film where more of like a passive observer. Yeah, totally. And I love film. I love all types of art too. So it's not just video games for me. Everybody. Yeah. One of the things I quite like about film is that, like, sometimes I guess it relates to, like, I've had a lot of issues with anxiety and, like, social anxiety in my life. And I realized yeah. that, like, reading and films and these kind of passive, like, I used to watch my brother play video games. And I think it was to, because, like, having that, like, observing role is very safe. And, very, and it was kind of, like, calming for me to, like, not have to engage with the fact that, like, taking an active role in life was really anxiety-provoking. Um, <laughs> so I get that. I, yeah, I guess I don't really have a point, but that was just me thinking about the difference between films and video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel the very much the same way. <laughs> I, yeah, I used to watch my older brother play video games and be like, oh my god, I wish I could play those, but you just gotta sit and watch until it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play that moment. Okay, some questions. Can you talk through the process of producing your content as a photographer? That's a good one. I wanted to ask you that too. Like the start to finish, like when it goes from a carousel in your mind to a finished image, <laughs> how does that happen? Um, so inspiration comes from all different types of places. But I, sometimes I like to sketch, actually. I like to sketch what the picture will look like. And I like to gather a lot of references and research. Um, like, for example, I recently saw this film, Atheus, and I really enjoyed a lot of the scenes and some of the makeup that was in that film. And, and how it's kind of created like a sci-fi take on how humanity started and I wanted to like kind of create that from my own work so I just like took note of all the environments all the characters and and from then on I'll talk to my manager about it and we'll talk about who we should work with CGI or um, hair and then um, we'll do the shoot. We'll f we'll figure out the casting, and then we'll do the shoot at my uh, my place or at a studio. Also, I have a home studio, which is like a really tiny room. <laughs> if you can see it, is that where you are? Huh? That's where I am. Yeah. Is ah, I can't. I w I didn't know if it came up on yours, but I was losing you a little bit just then. The connection was kind of going, oh, yeah. but. It's I like think I got a mess of it. Kind of a mess right now, but 
we had a shoot with um, a florist yesterday. So I would take then take the photographs, which wouldn't take long because I kind of already know what I want in my head. So, and I don't like taking a lot of the time just to shoot like the same image over and over. Because I yeah. feel like photography can be like that. Um, so I just spend like 15 to 30 minutes doing the shoot after everybody's ready and I'll edit it the next day. Um, and I'm pretty quick at editing because I'm like really good at Photoshop. So I'll just like do my usual like step-by-step -step editing uh, moment and then I'll send it to another artist if I need someone to like add an extra element to it. Um, but it's all very collaborative and I like working and meeting all types of different artists. I feel like that's where I learn the most. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and then I'll just like post the picture uh, when I'm done. <laughs> I don't really wait. And what, how does it, is it hard for me to phrase this question? Cause I'm interested in like, how, how does it feel at different stages of that creative process? Like, do you find it kind of meditative or is it more like energetic? Kind of like what, like emotional, like physical state are you usually in? It's super energized when we're the day of the shoot and we're putting things together. Um, I'm the type of artist that's like not really like micromanaging. I kind of like to work with people and let them bring their own ideas to the table and because I feel like I try to like work with artists that have their own um, vision and their own like creative style that I would like for the image to like have in the end. So yeah, it's it's energetic during the shoot. And then after the shoot, when, when I'm editing it, it's more meditative. It's kind of like the the more relaxing side of things where I just kind of like do the step-by-step, -step, you know, exposure, color balance. Um, it's, yeah. And then it goes right back into Energized when I, like, release it out into the world. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, get that's that. when you, like, don't know what's going to happen or who's going to see it or what's, yeah. And how, how are you mostly publishing via social media? Do you hold kind of, like, gallery shows? Or what's your main, like, pathways to have it be seen? Um, I mostly do social media because I read it in a Keith, Keith Haring journals, like back in like 2015, I read this book of his collecting all his journals and he was saying that art should be for everybody and everyone should have access to it, no matter how much income they make or how much or where they live. So I find that posting on the internet is a good way for anyone to access it. Um, and that way I can just like not have to worry about selling my own art so much because I, um, I can just make the work that I want to create and put it out there and get hired for that type of work rather than making work to get hired. I don't know. Mm. Mm, that makes sense. I want, yeah, I definitely, I hear the the like accessibility side of like how to show work. I guess one one thing that I do really like about galleries though is like the attention that it kind 
the setting like forces people into this attention where they'll spend like a really long time looking at a piece where social media kind of encourages you to move really fast. Yeah. So that's like, but I definitely see how it doesn't need to be the gallery environment to like, to encourage that. But that's one thing that I, even in myself, like I love going to a gallery just to force myself okay. to like slow down and really look at something. Yeah. Um, I do also show my work at like group shows um, from time to time. I'd say like I had like four or five last year. This year, obviously not nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I think I had a couple, but after, yeah. I would love to have like a solo show. That's one of my goals. Um, it's definitely, you know, a goal of every artist to have a really amazing show. I just also want my work to be accessible at the same time. Mm. And you, yeah, you, work so you work with so many amazing performers, you could have like such a good opening night party as well. Sorry, what? You work with so many amazing performers that you could have such a good opening night party. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know so many musicians, so many club kids, like it would be a very fabulous night. <laughs> it would be very sickening. Like I, I know the right venues. So yeah. I know the right after parties, that's for sure. Yeah. One day, I, one day. I could definitely see your work somewhere like Super G. Do you know them? I think they have a branch in New York. Super G? Super Chief. Oh, Super Chief. Yeah, I do know them. Yeah, I feel like your work would fit there really well. And they throw, re I, I also thought of them because they throw really good like parties for the opening night. So oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of my friends who's a fashion designer had a show there last year and it was just crazy. He made like a giant boat inside of Super Chief with wrapped in saran wrap and flowers and trash. And he's a genius. His name's Sho Konishi. And he's just like, you have to check out his work if you haven't seen it before. I, ha I haven't, I want to look it up, it sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll send it to you. As an introvert, how do you push yourself to start interacting with people you wanted to collaborate with? Good question. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> As an introvert. Um, well, you did say introvert earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I am an introvert. I still am. That will never change. <laughs> you know, it's like, I was talking about this with one of my friends, Dana, and we were like, oh yeah, we have to like overcompensate when we're on a shoot, even though we want to be quiet <laughs> because we want to like talk and like be a little bit extra because we're so introverted. Um, anyways, as an introvert, how do you push yourself to interact with people you wanted to collaborate with? Um, I think it's easier when you're just like on Instagram and on the phone and you can just contact whoever you want to work with there it's it's just so easy to connect um if you guys both have a mutual respect for each other's art then that's already like off to a good start and like you just know that it's gonna end well so like i feel like that knowing that and having the confidence to reach out to those people um it's it just gets you used to it you kind of have to start and just keep doing it Whereas I would just before, like maybe before the work that I was making today, um, I would work with like maybe three models a year or four. But it's just like getting in the habit of 
reaching out to people, meeting people, that kind of gets you used to um, the collaborative aspect of photography. Yeah, it's interesting you said about like confidence, because I feel like being introverted doesn't necessarily mean that you like have social anxiety or that you're not confident, but I guess they do often go together. Because um, I feel like you can be introverted, but if you, but if you have confidence in what you do, it shouldn't have to stop you from like approaching people to work with them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's definitely where um, I'm coming from as well. Because I feel like if I can see the collaborator working with me and if they can see themselves working with them and um, that our worlds can mesh, then I feel like it's just like very easy. And it's also easy for me because I work with a lot of like like-minded queer people in my age group and our generation thinks the same. Um, I mean, not always, but yeah, like I, I, there's just a like-mindedness with who you collaborate with and that's really important. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering as well about, because you said like approaching people via social media and it made me think of like dating and going on a date on an app. Like when you go on the date, somebody's already, when you, when you've met up, they've already decided that they want to go on a date with you. So there's very, even if you're not very confident, there's not as much anxiety because it's like this person's already swiped right on me or whatever. So I feel it's fine. Whereas like, if you have to actually approach someone in real life, that's anxiety provoking, even for people that can be quite confident. And I wonder if that's like another a workaround you could have as a creative as well as like, if you're, if you're not the most confident or the most like outgoing with your work, like social media is kind of a safe space because if the worst that's going to happen is someone ignores your message. So yeah, which happens all the time. Like I, I try to reach out to people sometimes who I really want to work with and a lot of people just don't read their DMs too. Like, it's like, we'll end up in the request box or, um, you know, it's like, but that's okay because there are a lot of people out there that will want to work with you and want to mm. create something. As many, yeah, as many no's as you get, you'll get yeses. Like, it's kind of just like, if they, if the timing is right and if they're active and they see, you reaching out most of the times people are down like people are interested just as long as you're like have the right intentions and want to make the work that they want to make then it's all good Hmm. yeah i definitely agree i think like people are and also like people can seem much more intimidating online than they actually are when you talk to them like yeah. um, a lot of the people that I've approached, including you for this series, it's like, I really admire your work. And you're doing really interesting things. So it, it is like kind of intimidating for me to reach out to you and be like, would you like to collaborate? But as soon as I talk to you or even just exchange messages before we've even spoken, it's like, you're lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, well, I'm very weird on social media where I like kind of have like, I like to keep my pri- life my life private um, and my art separate. So I 
I don't show too much of like my day-to-day -day life on social media. I barely even post like BTS all that much or anything. I kind of just try to spend the least amount of time on Instagram as I can because I already take, I already spend a lot of time on it. Mm. So yeah, I just like want to show people my work and I feel like that's the way I communicate with the world rather than, um, you know, showing my outfit or whatever. <laughs> that's not for me. That's not, I mean, I can't put together outfits anyhow, so. <laughs> I know this shirt you're wearing looks pretty cool. Thank you. I thrifted it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I'm so good at, like, styling subjects and models. But when it comes to myself, I, like, most of the time, I'll just wear, like, a regular T-shirt or something. But <laughs> I feel like that, that's how most artists are, though, or photographers, at least. I mean, I definitely am. Like, there's so many fields of the world. I was joking about it to my sister yesterday, actually, that, um, like, I think of myself as a creative person and that I go about thinking about the world in a creative way. But then there's so many things that are creative that I just don't engage with at all, like clothes, food, like, um, <laughs> like so many things like that. I just, and I think it's because my brain is like thinking about so many ideas when it comes to certain things that I have to switch it off for others. I'm like, because if I'm thinking about every, like, oh, every yeah. realm, I'm just going to explode. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like, if I'm trying to dress up, like, it will have to be for, like, a special thing. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I'll just wear a tank top and, like, a t-shirt. Um, but it's a lot of energy to be creative, you know, to create, to, like, channel that energy towards specific things. Um, and I, I feel like we understand that we're channeling our energy towards things that we're good at rather than things we're not so good at. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's totally valid. Very that. I think about it kind of like, was it Steve Jobs who like wore, it was his uniform of like the black polo neck because it meant he didn't have to think about, about um, what he was going to wear each morning. And that's essentially what I do with food. <laughs> He can do that because he probably has central AC wherever he goes. Like <laughs> he doesn't have to spend a minute outside in the summertime in New York City with a black turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, do you think I feel like I would not choose a black turtleneck if that was going to be my day to day. Do you think he wore it to the beach as well? He had like a black turtleneck neck uh, swimsuit. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> An indoor pool maybe. <laughs> Yeah, not a beach. <laughs> so my little brother asked me what my favorite scary movie is. <laughs> How is your little brother? Oh, yeah, he's also a photographer too. He he lives in California actually. Oh, nice. So my favorite scary movie. Oh God, do I have one? I feel like I do, but I, I can't. I think The Shining, but that's kind of basic. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like Stanley Kubrick. Um. Anyways, but I, then have, I, I, I like the, I like the like slasher movies too, like Halloween and um. It's pretty classic. Yeah, that's like what I grew up with, like in the '90s and all that. Are you really into horror? Into what? Into horror? Yes. I love like thrillers and horror. 
Um, I just saw this really good sci-fi thriller last night called Moon, directed by David Bowie's son. (laughs) Yeah, it came out in 2009, and I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's like a psychological thriller, but it's done very well. Ah, Well, I love Bowie, so it would be interesting to see how much of his influence has gone into, like, his son as well. I didn't even know he had... You didn't know he had a what? I didn't know he had a son. Me either, until, like, my boyfriend told me. (laughs) His last name's uh, Jones. That's a very, very standard name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Could be anybody. It's good. It's but like David Bowie. If you you have to rebel against David Bowie, like what you're gonna do? You're gonna like go the most normal route you can. <laughs> I mean, his movie is kind of weird and strange and out there too. It's not as strange as how Bowie presents his uh, music and art, but yeah, it's cool. I I I, I find it really entertaining and good. So definitely worth checking this- out. I- I remember I'm seeing. Right now. <laughs> no, I remember seeing. I think it was Sharon Needles, but I'm sure there's been more of a conversation about it. Um, about the link between queer people and horror, and how like it's really common with queer people to like gravitate towards horror because of how we like relate to the villains for being like misunderstood and like seen as different to how we perceive ourselves in society. Like, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I can see that as why pe- like a lot of queer people relate to it. It's not necessarily why I relate to it, but <laughs> I find it just to be fun and like <laughs> spooky. But I do hear that a lot. I do hear that people like really gravitate towards the misunderstood like uh, axe murderer or whatever, <laughs> but. Like the I just like to be scared. Like I just like (laughs) it's funny. So you relate more to the victim in the film, not the (laughs) not the (laughs) murderer. No, I don't. I don't relate to anybody. I don't want to be the victim. I'll. I'm just the. I'm just the person eating popcorn in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to feel like I'm a part of it. (laughs) I. I can't do scary movies. I have seen The Shining, and I think I've seen the other ones you mentioned because they're like classics, but I just can't do them. I'm like, I'm so sensitive that if I watch like people get stabbed, it just like really upset me. Oh yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like, I like like the thriller side of horror rather than like the gory like type of horror. Like I'm not into like, yeah, all that disturbing stuff kind of more like the psychological element yeah i like when they're about to murder someone and then they cut to the next scene rather than them showing it (laughs) (laughs) yeah is that that your brother that said scary movie too or is that the one no that's my boyfriend Oh, that's your boyfriend. Because I love Scary Movie too. I think it's so funny. I, when oh I watched that as a teenager, I laughed for so long. Hell yeah. That, I, if we're going to talk about queer, iconic films, <laughs> it should be about Scary Movie too. <laughs> um, yeah, Scary Movie 2 is probably the best out of the whole series. 
It's, yeah, it's hilarious front to back. It's weird as hell. I miss when film, like, movies were weird like this. Mm. Yeah, because there's, like, that genre of, like, kind of slapstick parody that yeah. there were a lot of in, like, the noughties, but they're not around so much anymore. No, they're not. Everything is kind of, like, dark humor or, like, a dramedy kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there's, drama much, like, there's no Jim Carrey's, there's no <laughs> uh, Jack Black's anymore. Could you see yourself, could you make film? Could you see yourself doing it? Um, yes. I don't know what to expect from it or how the process works fully, but I've also, I've dove into like directing music videos before. Um, mm. My friend Kasha and I just hung out and we like created a script just like during conversation and we were like, oh wow, this is like a lot of fun. And like, it's also like another way to world build that I am kind of obsessed with. Um, just developing characters and developing their personalities and their goals and their life stories. So that's re that really interests me. And uh, obviously, the visual aspect of a film um that's and the music and the sound it's just like very enveloping i would love to definitely what, were, what was the can you give us a taste of the script that you came up with <laughs> it's uh without without spoiling it too much because i don't want people to steal my idea <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm joking. Um, it's about like uh, a female protagonist who gets conned, um, and then she starts working with the 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 man who cons her, only to con him in the end. That's my little <laughs> my little script right there. My little brief for you. So it's like the Inception of con movies where like you think you're in one con then you're in another con <laughs> yeah it's like he's training her to con and then she ends up conning him because she wants revenge on him the whole time it's she like, but she like pretends she's in love with him mm. and then she ends up it's kind of like a cycle kind of thing like it's kind of like a just a metaphor for like projecting onto people over and over again and how that leads to another person and to another person so mm. yeah so when you know. make <laughs> that's like we did go far into it but i'm not going to talk about it like all throughout this chat <laughs> <laughs> no it sounds interesting i was just thinking about how like with your stills do you have in your head like a whole backstory and like of of that still in that character? Um, with photography and photographs, I feel like the character is kind of loosely based on the actual subject, but I would like them to play the role of whatever like um final image i'm creating so mm. yeah i don't know it's it's loosely based it's not like too 
it's not like developing a script or like a film where you're thinking about every aspect of a character. It's kind mm. of just using a lot of references or a lot of like ideas because you can't really tell a whole story with a photograph as much as I would like mm -hmm. to like type up like um, what my image means to people. I feel like people are just like going to see it and kind of interpret it however they like. So I don't like to be too precious about it. Yeah, and that, I get that interpretive nature is like what a lot of people appreciate about that kind of work as well as getting to come up with a story themselves. I've, yeah. I've, I've started doing, I guess, as a jumping point for writing, just not even to publish it, but just for myself. When I make a painting, I'll like write a story about the painting. And like sometimes I'll do it beforehand and sometimes I'll do it after as like a reaction to it. And I just find for myself, it's like a really fun exercise. And then it also really like deepens my own understanding of like what I'm creating because it's like even if no one ever reads it which they probably never will <laughs> no they will one day they will if, yeah. if, if you leave the journal out they'll read it yeah <laughs> I wanted I did want to ask I did want to ask you we're coming up towards the end of the time we have because it cuts you off in a bit but um there, I just remembered there's one question I really did want to ask you about which yeah. you just touched on, which is like, because your work can get really abstract and um, you obviously have quite a strong vision that comes into it. But then it's also representational because it's of sometimes specific people. So, and I, I find that in my own work, I'm like, there's this constant conflict between like, I'm trying to represent a person, like I'm doing a painting of you right now, but then I'm also trying to like bring in my own ideas or or like try out some other things. And then like, that line between like abstraction and representation is one that I find quite interesting to play with, but I can also find quite like confusing. <laughs> um, so I wonder how that plays in for you when you're, cause you're taking photographs of, of people and it's going to be them, but then you're also bringing in a quite a strong aesthetic yourself that might not reflect them always. So I wonder how that like plays out. Um, a lot of times when I am collaborating and photographing people and creating this vision, it's also including them and their ideas and how they, like, if they're comfortable with it. And sometimes people will be like, oh, yeah, like, just do what you think looks good. But most of the time, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to make something with you. I want you to make choices. I want you. A lot of times I even let... Uh, the subjects choose their own photograph that they feel like best represents the work. So I, I also am very inclusive in that way. Like, which I feel like this is what, like, if they can choose how best they want to re be represented, then I'm happy and they're happy. Um, so there's a fine line, I guess. But to me, I don't, it's, it's like all still, my work is still very like fantastical and like um, it's not real life, but them being there makes it real enough, I feel. Mm. How, how far do you think you can push like the physical representation of someone until it like stops being them? I guess. It's hard to say. I think if you're photographing somebody, they will always be there. And 
their presence will always be there. Um, mm. No matter how much makeup or CG or anything you add to it, I feel like just because they're in, in the image, they're the ones being photographed. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, even if you could cover their entire face, but then they still know and you still know that that's them underneath it. Yeah. They're still there. It's, in, it kind of, it's interesting when she thinks about, like, it does, like, make me think a lot about identity and representation and, like, a lot of the people that you're photographing, like, even in their public image, they're constantly completely covered. And, like, I feel like that's an interesting, like, realm of, like, drag and club kids and queer art that it's, like, like defining yourself very differently to what is your, like, I don't know how to even describe it, like, neutral or, like, natural state. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Like, like, do you feel sometimes, like, the people you photograph, like, they feel the most themselves when they are within, like, their creation? Yeah, a lot of times I do. And a lot of times I feel like when they are made to feel kind of um, presented in a way that they wouldn't normally on a day-to-day -day basis, they feel very like special about like themselves. And they feel um, just like, it's just nice to like be able to present yourselves in different ways. Um, present everybody's like performative in the way that they present themselves on a daily basis anyways yeah i feel like for my art it's like i might as well just present people in the most extravagant way possible because why not you know it's like yeah i it's not yeah i don't know i've just always been interested in playing with that definitely it's like the what is it? You're born naked, the rest is drag. <laughs> yes, RuPaul! Yeah. I only started watching during like season 10. So everything's kind of new to me going back in the RuPaul history. Yeah. But it's like so awesome. I think it's done a lot yeah. for the queer community. Yeah, and I think just that idea that you just reflected yourself as well, that, like, it is, like, everything is drag or everything is our creation, like, and just society decides that certain things are, like, normal or natural or not. Yeah. And, like, I think it's, like, such an amazing message of that kind of work to, like, show that, to show that, yeah. Yeah, I think a I think, lot of my work is showing that alternative to, like, how you can present yourself to maybe an extreme so that people like can just um you know be more creative even on a daily basis or just like be more themselves mm. it has like this innate creativity that they don't always um show um every job has a creative aspect to it um mm. so yeah i think if as much as i can inspire people to maybe do something a little bit out of their comfort zone, I feel like, then my mission is accomplished. I love that. That's so <laughs>
I I think we've covered today. It's probably going to cut us off in a second, and I'm so glad that it lasted until you finished because I was like, oh no, it's so good. I don't want him to get cut. Okay. Um, but that, it's been so nice speaking to you today, and like, thank you for yeah. like sharing about your process and work. And I feel like it's been a really like I feel like I put myself into a lot of the questions because I just vibe with so much of what you're doing that I really like on quite a personal level. This has meant like a lot to me. This conversation. Um, yeah, there's very um, similar parallels to our work, definitely. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm going to keep working on this. Um, I can't wait to then... see the end product. There it is, so oh, far. It's me. Yes. Such a blank face at the moment. <laughs> I love the purple and it's... blue. Yeah, oh, I love those colors. Um, yeah, I think... It's so pretty, wow. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on it a lot more and definitely like um, have a lot of thoughts about how to like put this conversation into the painting visually. Um, and yeah, I'll I, I send it to you as it's going and like maybe get your thoughts as well as like more of a collaborative. Amazing, I would love that. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for talking and I look forward to see what you make next and people can follow you at, at Brian Boo, right? Yes. Yeah, anything, anywhere else that you would want to direct people to? That's about it. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, great. Well, I will talk to you soon and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, thanks everyone for uh, watching and asking questions and being here today. That was so, that was a really great conversation for me. I feel like there's so much that I want to go and mull over in terms of my own practice and how like identity feeds into into work and collaboration especially I think is like such a huge part of creating creating art and it was really interesting hearing everything that Brian had to say and so definitely go and follow their work if you if you don't already and I'll be back in probably a few weeks with the painting it's going to take a little while but um it'll emerge eventually and uh so yeah uh thanks and have a good day everyone